Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' first game against the Astros in the 2020 Wild Card Series. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins dropped the first game against the best two out of three postseason against the Astros. We didn't have to play the Yankees. We still couldn't get a win. Lost it in absolutely heartbreaking fashion, Dan. I just, you know, they say there's no crying in baseball, Dan, but sometimes I wonder if we should revisit that. I I think I... I may have let out a long, loud curse word in the car at the bus stop, picking up my son as I listened to that ninth inning. My son was not within earshot. Nobody was. But man, David, that was a rough one. That was a it's, rough one. This was a rough go of it. I just, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, right off the top, we have to talk about it. I mean, this is, folks, the game is is going decently well. It's one-to-one. We're in the top of the ninth and all things just fall apart for us. We have an air followed by a walk with the bases loaded. It's just terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's ridiculous. We are going to go through our segments, but we can talk a little bit about the game here before we get to that, Dan. So tell me a little bit about this. What happened? Where did uh, where did things go right? Maybe let's start there. Well, the first inning looked really promising. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, man, you know, they get guys on base and it just, it looked like they were getting to Grinky and that offense was finally not going to be the problem because, you know, I think, I think Corey Provis said this or somebody said this late in the Twins radio broadcast as I'm sitting in the car was, you know, they, I think their average in these 17 consecutive postseason losses, it's like, like it's less than three runs a game. And yeah. and I just like, even this pitching staff, yeah, you couldn't, the runs in the ninth shouldn't have mattered, right? Like there, or Correct. at least it should have maybe equalized the game. But there were, if there was just one clutch hit in this, and it felt like the, what it was that, was it that first game of the red series, you know, where they had so many opportunities and obviously in the end it didn't, it just bit them. And that's what I look to anyway. I look to those first three innings when they didn't build a four nothing lead when they should have. Yeah, absolutely. That first inning, just to start off, it's so frustrating that they, I mean, the run that they got from Cruz in the third was huge because it was like okay you know what maybe we're still in this but in that first inning Dan I mean this has been the moral of the story the twins just can't put it together they can't get those clutch hits that you referenced they go 0 for 7 Dan with runners in scoring position and granted that's not 1 for 15 or you know 2 for 14 as we've seen them do in the last couple of weeks but 0 for 7 in the postseason game when you knocked out their starter after 4 innings like Dan if I told you that Grinky gets knocked out after 4 the twins win that game wouldn't you I mean if you were a betting man that's what you'd put your money, right? You'd certainly think that it was, if if they lost, it was because they blew a lead late. And I, I guess in some ways they did today, but yeah, they got to Grinky. They worked counts. The uh, the lineup looked really good in the first three innings. And then they just, it's like they stopped trying to manufacture runs or I don't know. I think one of the most disheartening things for me is now the Twins burned all their bullpen arms. Almost all of them. And and Houston didn't have to. I mean, I think we're going to no. see Jake Odorizzi either tomorrow or, or the next day if there is a next day. I mean, gosh, I hope they can build a lead and then Odorizzi can just 
just eat up the last four innings tomorrow. I mean, like that, to me, the path forward is, you know, they get, they basically do with their pitching staff what the Astros did today. And that's a big hill to climb. Yeah. I mean, this, to see the way that Valdez came in, gave five innings pitched, two walks, five strikeouts, no earned runs. Actually, they, they let him go longer than I thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to pull him here after, after that first hit in the bottom of the ninth, but they let him pitch and he finished out. It's interesting. I don't know how this is going to work for the Astros tomorrow. Do we know who their starter will be? I was, interesting. I was just looking. I didn't see one yet posted. This is in the afternoon today. Yeah, so I don't really know because Valdez was was being tossed around as potentially their game two starter. And so it's great for them as far as game one is concerned, like you mentioned, because they didn't have to use anybody in their bullpen. However, if you don't have a starter for the next day, that may be a problem if you're, if you're relying on your bullpen to fill nine innings. I was surprised we didn't see Presley come in for the ninth there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it worked out for Houston and now they've got everybody available. So it puts the pressure up. Well, obviously the pressure's on the Twins anyway, but, but they're going to have to score some runs early off their starter. Yeah, absolutely. You have to work quickly tomorrow. You have to score runs and you have to change the tide. I think that's the big thing is you need to have the momentum shift. And so, folks, if you didn't tune into the game, I'm sure you did. Basically you know, what some, happened... Sorry, David. Some people might have to work. It was a day game, you realize. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I took yeah. I took a half day and I got to take a half day tomorrow. So I'm taking a full day at PTO to watch this. If the Twins don't win a game tomorrow, Dan, I'm going to report it to my HR department to see if they can write a letter to the Twins front office. Well, the optimist in me will say this, David. If they do win tomorrow, I would almost rather, if you're going to win one of the first two, I guess I'd rather it be the second one heading into a pivotal game three, but I don't have any reason to think they're going to win tomorrow, David. Well, no, I think, I do think that the use of Valdez today does give us a pretty solid chance tomorrow. So um, a buddy who came over to watch the game with me had said, you know, I'm going to say something to you that you don't want to hear, but Houston needs this first game more than the Twins do. Like, it's more important that Houston wins this first game than the Twins win that first game. And I told him, first of all, I don't want to hear that. That's what I said. <laughs> but then I said, but then I said, I, I think that it's so important to break this streak that we've been on for decades at this point, in my mind, Dan, decades we've been on this losing streak, that this game was very important to win. And okay, I, d- I need to note here real quick too. I'm listening to Rocco's post game as I'm on my way to pick up the kiddo from daycare. And he's talking about how, well, you know, nobody in the Twins dugout currently really has any history that this team has, you know, losing in the postseason. So if I think I was to even bring that up, I think they'd all just look at me funny. And he's like, maybe the people in this room, maybe, you know, they carry it a little bit. And I'm sure some of the fans do. It's like, no, no, yes, yes. All of the fans do, Rocco. Anybody who has had even a remote interest in the Twins, if the one thing that they know is that the Twins cannot win in the postseason. Yes, Rocco, your fan base is upset. You should have won today. They should have won today. And I guess they get, you know, at least it's not the one game playoff, right, David? Well, <laughs> at, I, least, I, no, that's, at least they get to live the play tomorrow. And the, hopefully the better team, which I think is the Twins, comes out ahead with two more wins here. Well, and it's just so frustrating because as I lamented last podcast, to lose to a team that didn't even have a positive winning record coming into the into the postseason, it would just be that much worse, right? Like it wouldn't be as bad as losing to the Yankees, but it'd be, it would still, this would hurt, Dan. I don't want this to happen. And I just, in my mind, if Barrios pitches six innings tomorrow, I think we have a, we have a shot, I suppose. If he can pitch six and Odorizzi give you three. Okay, I was frustrated a couple of times here in this game as far as the use of the bullpen in the order that they went, because I think you were right as we were texting. I think he was trying to avoid using Rodgers, but then when they brought him in, it's like, well, no, this is starting to look how he drew it up. Anyway, let's real quick, sorry, I feel like we're getting off track here because we're so frustrated and we're only talking about one game here, folks. But real quick, we had Maeda and he had five innings pitched. He only gave up two hits, three walks, five strikeouts, no runs. And so, I mean, 
that's pretty good for the postseason. I mean, obviously you would have preferred to see him go deeper, but man, I mean, he he pitched really well, Dan, when he was in there. Oh, he looked great. And again, I there was nothing particularly wrong with how the pitchers even played this game, quite honestly. I mean, like it was it came down to Polanco's error in the ninth. And then there were some, I mean, I get that there were problems that that led to. Um, Roma was not sharp. Duffy was not sharp. Well, okay, a couple things. I think Trevor May could pitch tomorrow if he had to. I think Taylor Rogers could probably pitch if they really needed him to. But again, I, I if they need their bullpen arms tomorrow to pitch, that's the problem to me because I, I I don't think I don't think that they are well positioned to win this series if they have to go to those guys again tomorrow just to just to survive. I don't know, but man, it's just a, it's a tricky situation, David. It's a tricky situation they put themselves in here. Well, yeah, but all of those fears are somewhat nullified if you can get the bats going right. Like I think that was the big issue today to only score the one run. And granted, yes, we are going to focus on that play with Polanco. And real quick, I just want to set it up. What happened? Romo's on the mound, two outs, runners on first and second. It's kind of a line drive hit, but it softly hit, bounces, Polanco plays it on one hop, cleanly fields it, and then he goes the short way to second base, and he throws wide, and Rise has to come off the bag, and he misses the throw. He knocks it down, but he's unable to keep the throw in his mitt, and so the Astros end up with the bases loaded. Then, this is where the wheels fall off here. Romo walks a guy. <laughs> he walks Altuve. a guy. He walked Altuve. Altuve, of all people. My goodness. And he walks in the run to make it 2-1. Romo leaves. Thielbar comes in, gives up a hit they score two more it's ugly so i mean that's what we're lamenting here folks if you if you truly didn't see the game that's what we're having issues with is the the play that polanco had and then roma walking in a run and what was so, hard to me in that ninth is that nothing was really hit hard right the two singles there before they got the before the twins got the two outs were just kind of these weak flares i mean it, it wasn't like roma was pitching terribly um and also isn't it funny altuve comes up and i swear that strike zone rectangle like shrinks down to a box did no, you okay. notice that no this entire game though dan the strike zone was more of a diamond that constantly shifted depending on how the umpire was feeling per at bat. Oh, it was bad. The, in Garver's at bat, where there were two pitches consecutive that were in the same, I think actually the one that got called a ball was higher than the one that got called a strike. It I was, was nuts. It was yeah. not a good strike zone. And 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 I do, I, I think there were moments when that played a factor. Um, you know, even even in the in the ninth inning there, when Thielbar comes in, it looked like he should have had a, a strike three there, and instead yes. they get the single. So, you know, things just, <laughs> again, just things conspired against the Twins and and their own inability to cash in on opportunities early bit them. But isn't that always the story, David? Yeah, it does seem to be the Minnesota way. I just wish the Twins could finally, finally get out of their own way. And what's what's most heartbreaking about this, I think, is how solid the defense has been, specifically Polanco. All season, he's a guy who last season was terrible. One of the worst in the league, if not the worst shortstop in the league defensively. And this season really turned it around nary an air on his, on his stat line here. And just to really blow it in in the biggest moment of the season, Dan. We should just get to the segments, David. I think. Uh... Yeah, we can <laughs> we can go here. I'm sorry. I I'm so frustrated. But I, again, the positives for this game were particularly made, uh, as well as um, I loved Buxton stealing in the bottom of the first to get to second base. I thought that was a great great play. Wonder wonderful to see it aggressive. And I do want to note too on the play when Cruz walked to load the bases in that moment, both Kepler and Buxton were stealing with one out. I don't know if you noticed. I saw that. No, that was interesting to me. I, I loved the aggressiveness early, and that's why early in the game, it really did have a feel like, this is different. This just yes. feels different. And then Eddie has that line out, um, and then it was, it just kind of 
didn't feel after that that they were going to win this game to me. Yeah, Excuse great me. at bat by Rosario, by the way. And you know how you know how I don't like to praise Eddie, but I was even texting you. Eddie Rosario is a very dangerous hitter if he's patient at the plate. And when he got when he got up 2-0 and he hit that ball, I was thinking, oh man, this could score some runs here. But no, right at somebody. So disheartening, Dan, especially because he he deserved that hit because of how well he played it. And it was just bad luck with the way that the fielders were, were uh, kind of shading him to the right a little bit. Well, I tell you, at least the one positive out of this is that I continued to win in Puckett's picks. Who David. cares, Dan? The fact that you have any positiveness about this game whatsoever is just beyond me. I have to get through the night, David. I have <laughs> to get through the night here. Um, just get me, get me to 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow when I can watch this again and <laughs> so, start it all over. Yeah, you had Kepler in this one. I had Arise, and the only points scored, Dan, are three walks. Kepler took two walks. Arise took one walk. That tells you the offensive prowess of the Bomba squad on full display today with our with our Puckett's picks, a combined three walks. Dan wins two to one uh, in this particular game. I, I Again, I don't care. I'm so frustrated, but I don't I don't like losing on top of the Twins losing. But Well, as far as Beast versus Bench goes, um, I think I'm going to have to... I can't give it to a hitter, right? I'm going to give it to <laughs> Maeda. I mean, Maeda was excellent today. I know that he, again, the Twins would have loved for him to go another inning, but the fact that he gave them five solid against a team that is not having a great season because they don't have any trash cans to bang on. But <laughs> but the other thing is that, I mean, like this is a team that has won a World Series. Well, I guess that was when they were banging on trash cans too, right, David? Yes, um, yes. But, but you look at these guys and they, they have had other good years that weren't trash can banging years, right? So I thought, I mean, it was really great to see him come out and pitch so well. Yes, it was really good. I agree. I don't know who else you could possibly give it to in this instance. I mean, Cruz would be really the only offensive person who you could give it to. Maybe Kepler, just because the way that he he managed around the bases in order to score that run. But no. And he had that three walk or that three ball walk too. Did you notice that? That yeah. was that was <laughs> yeah, impressive. That was, that was well done play. <laughs> anyway, so Maeda's the beast, I think, for both of us, no question. Now the bench, Dan, it could be you take your pick, man. You go for it. I know obviously Polanco's the obvious choice. Romo maybe is the uh, is a choice as well. I I actually that's going to come up a little bit later in Mauer's musings, Dan. But who do you got on your bench? I'm going to pick Williams Estadio for that key <laughs> moment. <laughs> That guy, he needs. To, he should not have been batting there, honestly. I, I mean, or he needs to take a pitch or two. What is he doing? Why is he swinging at that pitch and just First chopping pitch. it to third? Ridiculous. Really disappointing. He, he should have sat ball. on the bench there. Okay, yes. I'm not going to choose him. I'm going to go with Polanco. It's ridiculous. You have to make that throw in that moment. I, I did debate, though, between Polanco and Romo. I think it has to be one of those two. I just don't know which. I don't know what bothers me more, the air in the field or the walk with the bases loaded. But let's let's wait on that a little bit. I do want to talk about that in Mauer's Musings. Let's keep moving here over to Racco's Rewind, Dan. There's... I don't know. I think there's a lot to discuss here as far as what Racco made, as far as decisions are concerned. What do you got for me? So I'm going to go back to Astadio, and I, I don't even think this is a hindsight is 2020 kind of comment. I think Alex Kirilov should have pinch hit there um, because I think wow. because I think here's what you can do. Yes, it's a it's a high stress situation. It's almost one of those where there's really not a lot of downside, right? Because you're you're down three runs. Your options are what Astudio, Adrianza, um, Cave, and Cave, right? I I could make an argument for Cave here too, but you're you That's could, who I would have rather had, yes. But, you, but he's a lefty, though, going against the lefty. And I think I don't it, care. You don't think so? I think they would have brought in Presley. I think if the Twins had, had put in Cave, I think they would have put in, brought in Presley. But anyway, but if you bring in Kirilov there, it's a no-stress situation. The pitcher doesn't know what, what to expect from Kirilov. And if he gets a hit, he's the hero. It would have to be a big hit to be the hero there. But even if he can extend that inning, because Sano and Polanco had both gone opposite field with some nice singles to yeah. get a little bit of momentum there. And I know it's a, it's, a, it's a tall hill to climb. I'm rambling now, but I 
w- I wanted Kirilov in the ninth. That's a yeah. I would not have. I would have definitely given Cave the shot over Kirilov simply because I, I understand the left right matchup, and I don't mean to dismiss that because obviously there's well founded statistics regarding that lefty righty matchup. But to me, in that instance, I realize that Cave isn't like this beacon of maturity and veteran leadership, but at the same time, he does have at least some experience in this realm, and so that's probably why I would have gone with Cave in that moment. I, yeah, so I, I'm with you though. I think something different than Asudio because I don't he shouldn't have been on the roster to begin with and so he shouldn't have been on the roster and you should have had Al- Alcala on the roster that was an interesting choice well now it would we'll, we'll have to save that conversation for after game two I think but yes I, I think I don't mind having him on the roster for the flexibility that we saw I just don't want him batting in key situations no I well what flexibility does he really add though if you don't want him playing because you have three catchers on the roster already what are you going to do with a fourth one I mean he can play the infield but you don't really want him to do that either no but I think in this situation if you would have to pinch it for your catcher two times in one game. I guess you can always bring in another one. So this is, we're in Rackles Rewind, so we should talk about this as well. Garver pinch hits for Jeffers, and then Avila comes in to catch. What? Okay, if you really thought that Garver is the better hitter, then why on earth don't you have him starting the game? No, that's a great question. Um, I guess they think that Avila is that much of the better catcher than Garver is, that they didn't even want to leave Garver in the lineup. See, I don't, do you buy that? I don't, I mean, I guess they must, right? That's the only logical explanation, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, why, I don't know. That's just confusing to me. It's like, what is what is Garver at this point? If you're going to throw him out there to pinch hit, you, you don't even trust to leave him in there to catch. I'd, confusing and baffling to me. It is, and it's troubling, right? Because they, they would love to have him. I mean, we'll see. It could be a long playoff if they can get two more wins here, but you gotta you gotta hope they get more out of Garver. Yeah, well, I do wonder. I, it's, it's really going to come down to whether or not he starts tomorrow. That's my question. And, and maybe that makes more sense than that he pinch hit and they didn't want to have him catch and then have to catch again tomorrow. Um, So we'll have to see. But so my, I don't know, I had so many different things that I could talk about about for Rocco's rewind. Bringing in Rodgers, I was super nervous about. He got out of the inning, so I got to give Rodgers some props, I suppose, because he did his job. He did it decently well. His slider looked to have a little bit of life on it, which was nice. Yeah, pinch hitting Asendio was terrible. You already talked about that. Not letting May pitch the seventh. Like, I understand you want to save him for the next day, but you could tell by the way that things were lining up, he was going to have to stretch somebody a little bit further, and I would have preferred it be May after 11 pitches versus Duffy. You know, coming in after giving up three hits, I really didn't like that. I don't really have as much of an issue with how he handled the bullpen because I, I saw what he was it would be nice to have May available in game two, um, especially how the game worked out, burning so many arms. It'd be nice to have, well, it was nice that Duffy tried to get the righty out because then you figure then Rogers comes in and he's going to face at least two lefties in those three batters versus just the certain one. I didn't have an issue with that. I, I thought that that worked. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm constantly questioning Racco, regardless of what he does. And granted, that's the nature of the beast, right? Like anytime that you can look back and see how things worked out is always easier to question it. You know, I love Monday morning quarterbacking as, no, as much as the next guy, but I think the the biggest problem for me is in the moment when I'm saying I would have done this differently, because I even said uh, to the guy I was watching with, I said, man, I think they should bring May out again for another inning, because, you know, I just thought that that seemed like the right move. And you and I were texting about this, and you said, well, no, now you can use him tomorrow. I guess. I still don't like it. I wish they would have let May pitch another inning, because his stuff was looking good, and the, the Astros seemed to be off balance. What about Minnesota Mo? moment here. Yeah, so for me, I, I mean, it's got to be probably Romo's walk. I was going to say Polanco's air, but I'm going to kind of tag team this with my Mauer's musings in a moment, but I'm going to say for me, it was Romo's walk. You know, you still had a chance to keep the game 1-1, and you didn't even give your chance the team to make the play. What about you? I'm going to go with Eddie's liner in the first inning on the opposite end of the game, um, because it, it felt like, man, the Twins have some momentum. Um, they were hitting the ball well. They were seeing the pitches really, really well. They were being patient, like we have talked about how is so important, and to 
have that ball caught. You know, it's just a foot higher or a foot to the other side. You know, that that's a that's a two-run single. Game is totally different. I think the Twins win if that ball drops. And so that was that's my moment there. Yeah, I think that's a good moment. There was a question too about the announcers this game started so well and they deteriorated over time. And it's like you got to a 1-1 ball game in the eighth and they're talking about virtually whatever they want to talk about, which makes zero sense to me because you finally have, it's very exciting at this part of the game. There's a lot of tension and they're talking about the extra runner on second base and extra innings. And it's like, what are you doing? Like there is a very, very intense baseball game happening right now. And you guys are just shooting the breeze talking about MLB baseball rule changes. I just, I can't get over well, maybe they're saving their talking points for game two and three. We'll see. I, I did think that was weird, though. Like, guys, are you watching the baseball game here? It's kind of a big deal. And it started so well because Kirchin is just a champion, right? And he was making some good points and he was talking about how Buxton's just a fantastic center fielder. So he won a lot of brownie points with me out front. But then it bothered me a little bit talking about the way the way they kept talking about Rogers is this like elite reliever. It's like not this year. Like, I don't know if you guys only got the stats from last year or what are you talking about here? But this is this is off topic it just bothered me and i don't know if you want to mention dan didn't you love the interviews that they did with rocco oh my gosh at least it was brief but yeah i thought you know what let's get kenta maeda on the on the line here why not you know he's he's only working from the stretch i (laughs) was baffled i just couldn't oh my gosh david don't get me started don't get me started i'm sorry i won't we won't have to worry about it here but so yeah it was interesting i was pretty surprised at that and like i had never thought about it that much i wasn't a big fan of it but like when you brought it up i started to think about it more and be like yeah this is a little bit ridiculous and then to see it happen in a postseason game like spring training makes sense regular season is sketchy at best in a postseason game i'm sorry what what are you doing that's because managers do nothing apparently during baseball games they just sit there and wait for things i it just couldn't yeah david i it's very frustrating it's very frustrating <laughs> fair enough let's move forward here to mauer's musings dan what do you got for me okay so this is i i'm wondering if what we saw today from sano was a turnaround and i say it simply because he had an opposite field single in the ninth inning that he hit really hard and I wonder if maybe that's a sign of things to come because they are, they need him I think to finally have a big hit I think if he can get what we saw today if he got a big hit earlier in this game like in the first inning I think it's a different game so I'm wondering is Sano finally going to turn it around that's a good question he didn't strike out at all today and I will say that that close play that he had at first it did bother me a little bit and this this bothers me with everybody not just Sano but you know in Little League one of the first things they teach you is that you shouldn't be watching the ball after you make contact. And in this moment, Dan, that split second probably played a factor. So no, watch that ball roll up the third baseline. If he doesn't look and he just puts his head down and runs to first, I think he beats that throw. Totally. I mean, how could he not, right? Any advantage there. I, I almost looked and I thought, if that's called the other way, it's pretty hard to overturn that. It was so, it was maybe a frame different. It was close. Yes. Yeah, very close. So that was a, that's a little bit frustrating here. It's a good question that you have. I don't know. I'm less I'm less convinced that he's ready to break out, but to to sort of back up your point, like I said, he didn't strike out at all today, which is a pretty good sign if you're if you're betting money on Sano. Well, what about you? What's your musing? Yeah, it has to be. This is just my question. I, it's really a question for you directly, Dan. Do you blame Polanco more for this loss because of the error, or Romo more for the loss because of the walk? I think I blame Polanco more for the error because I think anytime you ask a reliever to get an extra out, that's a tall order. That you know, it's fair. I'm still gonna say I think I'm more upset with Romo 
simply because you didn't even give your chance a team to make the play. And granted, I realize your comeback to that could be like, well, no, he did, and they failed to make the play, which is fair, but at the same time, you cannot walk a batter in that situation. And the fact that he threw a fastball as opposed to a slider was very confusing to me. The one pitch that we know that Sergio Romo can throw effectively and make sure is a strike every time is the slider. His fastball tends to be a little bit less certain. What are you doing throwing a pitch that you're not sure is going to be in the zone in a moment where you're only only job, then even if he threw it 50 miles an hour down the heart of the plate, I'd be more okay with that than him than him forcing a ball there on a pitch that he tried to beat him with. Yeah, I don't know. It's Altuve. It's a former MVP. I think he's yeah, trying to be Who could only careful. hit the ball well when people were telling him what pitches were well, coming? Well, yeah... It's a hard sell. I I still think I, that's a fair point, but I'm going to stick by Polanco. I think that that's play is just got to. I, I don't think I don't think it's. I don't know that either of us are right or wrong in this situation. I was just curious what your thoughts. No, were, it's a but, very fair point. Very fair yeah. point. Um. So. <laughs> game grade Dan what do you got for me what do you want to give them here you're Mr. Positivity you got to help us out here Dan what are you going to give them I don't see how I can give them anything other than than an F David I just can't do it I'm sorry Mr. Positivity you got to really well what can we point to I I guess I can point to the pitching staff and maybe I can say I can say a D yeah I yeah it's got to be an F it has to be an F I think you're right with your initial gut reaction here because there's no real redemption here if they win the series that's fantastic but it's one of those things where the first game when you had so many opportunities to come away with the win like had they lost this game one nothing and they had never had any offense going like at all I think I'd be more willing to give them the D but because they had so many different chances and then to lose the game in the way that they did on an air and a walk is just absolutely crushing it's got to be an F Dan I think and I think given the context if this is even a five game series I might not say but this pushes them to the brink this pushes yes. them to the brink it's it's win or go home now Dan that's all that matters here the game tomorrow another day game a little bit disappointing you would have liked to see him get the night game but i don't care as long as it's a win dan they could play at 3 a.m for all i care well with who's your pocket pick then you get to go first i do i'm gonna go with cruz um the fact that he was on it today he had the one shining moment of offense for the twins he seems healthy he was moving around the bases pretty well i'm gonna go with cruz his veteran leadership is gonna break us out he's gonna be on it tomorrow dan i'm thinking a home run and a double for cruz tomorrow you know i i kind of foreshadowed this i'm gonna pick some no, I think that Sano is ready wow. to break okay. out here, and I think he's gonna. I think he'll hit a home run. I, he'll probably strike out once too. But I think, th- like you said, he didn't strike out today, and he had a he made some nice contact. Um, I'm gonna go Sano. You know, I hope I hope you're right, and I think we've done this a couple of times, and I think you've normally made the call that you've said, you know, if the player that that I had picked is in fact as good as we think he's gonna be, that in that moment the Twins will probably win. I think if Sano is truly gonna do well tomorrow for you and Puckett's pick, I think the Twins win this baseball game. Let's just hope it's not like 10 to 2 Astros tomorrow. I at least want a close heartbreaking loss if if it's going to happen that way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do like being sarcastic when there's like four innings left and the Twins are down 15 runs, but I suppose yes, a heartbreaking loss would would bring me closer to tears, I think, Dan. My wife today said, "I've never seen you this upset about a loss." And I think part of it was because when the Twins lose to the Yankees in the postseason, part of me already knows, right? Like they already we already know that they're going to lose this game. But when they were playing the Astros, they have the higher seed, they're at home, we have a bona fide ace on the mound, and you knock out their starter after four innings of work, it was just, it was a much more heartbreaking loss. It was a, it was a Gary Anderson missed field goal type loss. Maybe not Gary Anderson, maybe Blair Walsh wide, Blair Walsh wide left more. 
Those are um, terrible moments, David. I I know they're absolutely my terrible. Heart and is that's just why I rending. think oh my the God. Gary Anderson one. I can remember Dan. I was a preteen bawling in the bathroom because I was so sad at what had just happened. And so that's probably that's a stretch, certainly. But in this moment, I would say somewhere it falls somewhere. Like I will remember this loss if they lose the series. This one is going to come back in my memories uh, anytime that I close my eyes and I've been a bad person during the day. I think. Do you think they come back and win the series? No. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna try to stay optimistic and say, yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I would have had, I thought it was gonna take three to win this one, so I guess it's just gonna be the tougher way to do that. I don't know, Dan. I, I'm here's what I'm gonna do, Dan. I'm gonna say yes, and I want to believe yes, Dan, but I don't know that I do, and so I hope that my yes in this moment is confirmed tomorrow. But I am. Dan, I'm not I'm not feeling good about it anymore. I'm not. I just really thought that this first game would have been so great out of the gate, ruined that stupid stat that every friggin' baseball program puts on the screen about how the twins lose so many games in the postseason in the world, and it's just it's a record and it's just crazy how they keep losing, and you'd think they'd finally win. Shut up, twins, win a game so I have to stop seeing that stupid stat on the screen. I'm just I, is, isn't it remarkable? We have literally like we have felt this way about twins baseball games. 17 in a row i just Dan, cannot I, like I can't how is even that believe even fathomable that. i am no but like but the feeling uh, that i'm feeling right now and it's just like you should be used to that should be that should be broken up with some positive feelings right you the, would the ecstasy so. of of like the wild winning a game seven over the avalanche right like where is that moment for the twins we have to go back to 2002 for a series win i was in i was in college i was in i remember that game and now i remember all these games i don't remember all of them but i remember this one because it's the latest i just it's it's heartbreaking. I hope I hope you're all doing okay out there. I hope that the Twins turn it around and they win a game tomorrow and make this interesting. You know, you'll notice there wasn't a, a Ronnie's Rages separated out for this particular game. I think the whole episode qualifies as the Ronnie's Rages. This whole game deserved to be raged about. Not a lot of positive things to come away with. We hope that the Twins can come away with the victory, extend the series, Dan. I don't know. I'm with you, buddy. I hope that they come away with the win, but I'm just, my heart isn't in it at this point. Here's the thing. The Twins have rarely been blown out this year. They lost a game here that they probably should have won. I think it, there's some sense of the law of averages. They're the better team. They should win two more in a row. They should be able to do it. I hope so. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening. Please come back. We'll have another episode tomorrow. If you like what you hear, you can tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Men for the Win. You can find our Men for the Win page on Facebook. Uh, if you want to receive a Men for the Win bumper magnet or a Men for the Win sticker for a water bottle or laptop or notebook, feel free to message us on Facebook. We can get that sent out to you. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can be notified when new episodes are available. If you want to, you can give us a rating on there. That'd be great. Really helps us out. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins.